0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Going Up Cast, a weekly feel good podcast where this week we finish Peter and Wendy. I talk about Sony's latest console, the PlayStation 5, and all the great games that were announced with it. I talk about a wonderful show on Netflix so you guys should check out. And I talk about a wonderful service that you can get a temporary tattoo from. Yes, this week we finally finished Peter and Wendy with the final two chapters. Just a quick heads up on that that was not the ending I was expecting. Just just right at the top. ending came out of nowhere. Um, We talk about Inkbox and my recent experience with their temporary tattoos compared to what it was like a while ago when I tested it then. I talk about the PlayStation 5, of which I'm very excited for, and a couple of the games that made me very, very, very excited. Um, We talk about The Great Flower Fight, or The Big Flower Fight, on Netflix. I can't remember and how awesome a show that is. And I think that's about it that we do this week. Uh, We're going to start a brand new audio book for the podcast next week. So it's a really great time to spread the podcast around and get new listeners interested in it. I don't know what story it's going to be. um, But uh, I think you guys may get some hints as to what kind of story it'll be in the Peter and Wendy chapters. And if you enjoy The Going Cast and wish to support The Going Cast, uh, please feel free to check out patreon.com slash forward patreon.com forward slash goingupcast it's very late and I'm tired um, where you can become a Patreon at any level and get access not only to the monthly live streams where we are still working on our Minecraft set for reading audiobooks on the stream but it also fuck, like Persona 4 just came out on Steam and I'm sitting here going like ooh ooh I want to play it um, and I would love to play it for you guys so we might start changing it up again um, the live stream is, is fluid um, so we'll see what I end up playing tomorrow and you get access to the Patreon exclusive Pokemon Ultra Sun Nuzlocke run that I'm currently running through there are a couple of episodes up already um, I'm very happy with how it's co- like coming along and turning out as of right now I haven't lost anybody yet um, but I do have a recording session for that I need to do here pretty soon so who knows the mystery endures Um, yeah, I hope you guys are all staying safe and staying healthy out there. I know the world is still very tumultuous, is a good way of putting it. Um, but if we continue to maintain those social distancing things and wearing the masks and washing the hands, hopefully this will all be just a shitty, shitty memory we can look back on and be like, 2020 just didn't happen. Let's just wipe that from the brains of all of our existences and say we're all a year younger because this year is bullshit. It's already June. Holy shit. Anyway. Anyway that's enough me dawdling along let's get into the podcast so earlier this week we got the essentially the launch uh show for the playstation 5 where they announced just an absolute metric shit ton of games um as well as the new console which looks visually pretty cool Now, with me and new consoles, it always is a matter of what games am I going to be able to play on this fucking console. Because I don't care how powerful it is, I don't care how cool it looks, if the shit on it isn't crap I don't want to play. So, I'm happy to report that there were several games that were announced that I was like, yo, this is kind of cool. Including a couple that I don't think need a lot of explanation, like Resident Evil 8. Sure. Sure. I'm not a big Spooks game fan, but I will happily watch YouTubers I enjoy play Resident Evil 8, which is called The Village because they're they're clever little bastards and they need to have the Roman numeral eight be in there somewhere. So Village worked out, worked out real good. Um, and it looks like we have some returning characters um, like Chris Redfield and I'm almost positive it's the fucking Spanish guy from Resident Evil 4 with a hat I think that's who that is um whatever the hell his name was i think that's who that is uh somebody in the comments of the, the the trailer video is probably like oh my god it's blankety blank from resident evil three and a half and something like that so i'm just like cool um demon souls remake uh which looks really good um having never played demon souls but having played dark and bloodborne and uh Sekiro, i'm very excited um, I I didn't see FromSoft's name attached to it, which I thought was weird, but maybe I didn't finish the trailer and it's like shows up at the end. Cause I'm like, it's their fucking game. So how does that how does that work? I'm not really sure. Kenna Bridge of Spirits looks like uh kind of like a character action Pikmin style thing where you've got like some magic powers and you got these little adorable fucking spirits with mushrooms on their heads that help you out like move statues and shit. Um, that looks just like a, a good old-fashioned 3D action-adventure game, which I can always get behind. Goodbye, Volcano High! Looked weird. Um, it's really well animated, and I'm a big fan of it, and it looks like it's got some like really good story elements to it, like some good old-fashioned teen drama. Um, it looks like they just graduated from Volcano High, and they're in a band, and they look adorable. It's a bunch of like... Um, monster people i don't know what you call them but they they, but they look like like monster people like this one appears to be a rhinoceros of some persuasion animal people i'm not really sure anthropomorphic individuals with some some wings and monster elements it's a very interesting looking game and i'm interested to see what kind of game is it is it a visual novel is it like um it kind of reminds me of what the fuck is it called um life is strange I think it's going to be a life is strange style game. Um, and I very much enjoyed life is strange. So there's that Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, I wasn't expecting to be first person, but it looks like you have some like fucking fireball esque magic powers and weapons and shit. As you fight ghosts in Tokyo with like your bare hands. If I didn't know any better, I'd say it looked like a VR game, um, with how prevalent the hands are in, in the forest screen and how first person driven it is. But I don't think it is. I would love if it is. It'd be one of the best looking VR games I've ever seen, but I don't think it's a VR game. Um, I'm not really sure what it is, but it's intriguing to say the least. Um, And once again, kind of spooky, but who knows? It could be really cool. Death, Loop, not Deathloop, Deathloop from Bethesda Studios gets points for having like the fucking most interesting trailer, I think out of the bunch in terms of visual style. Um, it looks like your standard um, first-person shooter affair um, mixed with, uh, oh, you fucking died. Time to start the loop over again. So I don't know if it's going to be roguelike or if it's going to be like in like a driving game where you crash your car and you can rewind it like 30 seconds back and start again. I don't know. Um, Bethesda is always such a fucking... You never know what you're going to get with Bethesda. You can either get a really, really good game and they knocked it out of the park like skyrim or wolfenstein the new order or you're gonna get shit on and you never know until it comes out because it could be either way so i'm gonna hold judgment on that one um i've been burned too many times by bethesda to buy the game um just kind of on whole cloth even if it's good like as i don't think the premise does a whole lot for me not like killing nazis like i fucking loved wolfenstein the new order i thought that game was amazing um, I never played the sequel, and I really should. But this one looks okay. Um, I, think it, I think it has some solid potential. But then again, is really good at um, lying to us. So, there's that. Uh, Little Devil Inside. I don't know what the fuck this game is, but it looks like a really s- cartoony, cinematic-y version of Bloodborne, almost. A um, lot of monster fights. Uh, it really looks like the things they're showing us in the trailer are in-game. But there doesn't seem to be any sign of like a HUD or anything like that. So I think it's going to be very visually driven, very cinematic, very narrative based, um, and not so much in terms of gameplay mechanics and stuff like that, which is always fine. You know, playable movies can be really fun. Um, the style is pretty neat. Uh, but I need to know more about it before I can really have an opinion on it. Horizon Forbidden West is the long awaited sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, this one takes place in San Francisco, it looks like, which looks pretty fantastic. And it looks like it's going in a kind of a Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind style direction where there is some sort of like plague or like horrible apocalyptic uh, famine type item kind of poisoning the natural world or this cyber natural world, um, as the case may be. Uh, so I'm a big fan of the the theme of the game and of course visually it looks fantastic uh horizon zero dawn is one of the games that i've always meant to go back and finish playing um because alloy or Aloy, or however you pronounce her name is such a compelling character and the world is so unique and different and the game looks visually stunning and i honestly can't wait to sink my teeth into that especially if it takes place in san francisco like she uncovers a sign in the dirt that's from chinatown and all this stuff and I'm very amused by it and you can see like the the rotted remains of the Golden Gate Bridge all covered in vines and shit And it looks looks pretty good. So I'm a big fan of that. What the fuck is bug snacks? That one kind of came out of nowhere. It's like viva pinata I thought we moved past this type of weird-ass shit where these muppety looking fuckers are eating these insects that are also bugs That are also snacks. Like, there's a fucking strawberry that crawls around and he eats it. And then his hand turns into a strawberry. And it's like, you are what you eat. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? So, I have absolutely no idea what the fuck that is about. I just wanted to mention that. Um, Astro is... um, Astro's Playroom. Astro is... uh, Sony's, like... One of Sony's many, um... Like, uh... Mascot characters. Similar to, like, Mario and Sonic and stuff like that. Astro made their debut in the... The VR... Uh, 3D platformer um, that is supposedly very good, and it looks like this is a, a full-length 3D platforming adventure um, in the in the vein of like uh, Mario Odyssey or uh, Banjo Kazooie, like that kind of stuff, um, but with Astro. And it's got a lot of humor to it. Uh, it looks visually great. I think it will be just a fun old-style video game. And alongside that, we had um, oh, what the fuck is it called? Uh, let me just pull it up real quick. It was called Sackboy: the Big a Big Adventure. So uh, from Little Big Planet, Sackboy is coming back in a in a spinoff game or a sequel. It's unclear, but we're getting a new 3D platformer with Sackboy, um, starring as the lead. And then there's this weird game called Pragmata, which looked like Death Stranding, kind of, sorta, with like some reality isn't a reality. It's actually a screen. Oh shit, we shattered it. Um, those sorts of things, kind of themes. Um, not enough to go off of interesting enough trailer that I wanted to mention it. And then obviously the biggest news for me, the one that got me really excited and made me go, okay, I'm getting the PlayStation five Spider-Man, Miles Morales, PlayStation four Spider-Man is like one of the best games on that console. It is absolutely phenomenal. The DLC was superb. It's like a 50 hour game, the collect-a-thon, the movement style. I absolutely loved it. It looks like we're getting a full-length sequel starring Miles Morales um, in, you know, in the same city. Like, they fleshed it out. I said when when the game came out, I'm like, I don't see them, like, touting, like, a bigger world and all that stuff because they fully realized in New York City all they need to do was tell a different story. And I think that's exactly what they're doing with Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, it comes out holiday of this year. So, and I love this. It's not releasing on the PS5. It has been captured on PS5. And I'm just like, wow, that's pretentious. But, I'm gonna get it. Because, if it it, it, it is a sequel, it has to be a sequel. Which means it will not only tell Miles' story, but I'm hopeful, just like how we played Miles in this game, we will get snippets of Peter, and it will continue his story as well. And it will kind of flow back and forth, maybe. And, um... Get these get these snippets of uh, of what's going on there because we got some we had some cliffhangers last time, so yeah I think there's a lot on the PlayStation 5 to be excited for. Um, the ones that I'm I really want to make a special note for obviously Spider-Man Miles Morales Goodbye Volcano High really has my curiosity. Like some all these games I've mentioned I think look cool I'm probably not gonna buy all of them I will buy Spider-Man Miles Morales I will buy Goodbye Volcano. Um, I will buy Horizon Forbidden West, and I will buy Demon's Souls. So that's four games right out the gate that I know absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, were I to get this, this console, I would buy those. Oh, last one, Um, Stray. Looks like this weird, probably post-apocalyptic game where humanity has been replaced by these robots with like CRT faces. Uh, but there's this adorable cat that just kind of meanders around through these robot legs, and it has a little backpack, and it's adorable, and I'm 99% confident you play as a cat. And if you do play as that cat, then fucking game of the year, game of the game of the year. Stray wins, Stray wins all the awards. I've always, I want to play as that cat. It, the the trailer starts off like you're gonna play this homeless robot, but then it focuses more on the cat than it does the homeless robot. So I'm pretty sure you're gonna play as that cat because the cat has a little backpack. And it's fucking adorable. So if you don't care about the games, you gotta see this trailer because of this cat with a backpack—it's fantastic. So Backpack Cat wins, wins PlayStation 5 um for sure. There are other games that ca- that were announced. Like, fuck, I'm not even gonna mention them because I don't care about them. But there were other games that were announced. Those those were not the only ones. And then of course they talked about the the hardware of the console and the controller and all that stuff. And and it looks neat and blah 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 and I like the fact that it it looks very similar in style to the PlayStation VR headset with like the black and white and blue aesthetic that they're really driving for which I think is phenomenal um all their like neat little hardware trailers were visually pretty cool I didn't actually watch the um the presentation I just watched the uh the the trailers afterwards and you can find them all on on the PlayStation YouTube channel um I'm not sponsored but I'm a big fucking PlayStation fanboy so it's it is nice to see some really good-looking games um, get get announced for the PlayStation 5. Enough good-looking games that I, when the console comes out, I'm probably going to pick it up. Like, that's, that's all I needed to do was confirm enough interesting titles that made me go, Yeah, okay. I'll pick it up. You've convinced me. So, it'll be interesting to see if Microsoft responds in kind. If we get any kind of, like, here's the Xbox X Series Tower all the fucking dope-ass games coming out on that system. It'd be interesting to see um, that get announced, but I don't know. It would have to be something unbelievable for me to pay attention to Xbox again. And it's not that I don't like the Xbox. It's just that I haven't owned an Xbox since the Xbox 360, because once I got the PS4, I firmly switched camps. Um, Because what Xbox did, which is wonderful, uh, is all the exclusive Xbox games are also on PC, which just made getting their console pointless like there was, there was no there was no need for me to pick up the xbox console because i can play all of those great games on my computer which is more powerful than the xbox and i can get the playstation 5 and the, and the switch and then i'm good to go so yes i'm very excited with the showing that sony provided i think all those games are going to be pretty fucking fantastic um what are you guys excited for that got announced lately of course and then there's cyberpunk uh 2027 20, but that doesn't come out until september um, actually, I think it'll come out before the PlayStation Five. I guess we'll find out. But yes, I'm very excited. Good, good-looking shit, Sony. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. So a little while ago, we talked about me undies and they're um, they're pretty radical products, especially that fucking sweater. Oh my god, I love that sweater. And I decided to just kind of, you know. Do some other experimental things that I've heard about on the interwebs, and I've actually used this product that I'm about to talk about before um, to middling success. Uh, but fortunately, they've changed their methods, and I think their new methods are pretty fucking spectacular. And that is Inkbox. And Inkbox again, not sponsored. Inkbox is uh, temporary tattoos. And when I first did it, it was essentially a um, an ink packet. That had the stencil of the tattoo that you were applying, and you basically had to stick that on yourself and press on that ink packet for like 15 minutes straight, like as hard as you could to get the ink into your into your skin. And it sucked, and it was it was awful, and um, my pressure was inconsistent, so like part of the tattoo looked really good and the rest of it not so much. Um, but now what they have essentially are these fancy stickers that you plop on you like you, you, you clean the skin you plop on the tattoo you leave it there for like an hour um and then you rip that son of a bitch off like bandit, and then over the next couple of days your tattoo will darken now i got two um designs this go around i got one that is um a nordic symbol that i think means like uh finding the path through the storm or something like that um that is actually i plan on getting a, a real tattoo of this symbol. Because I, I like the way it looks. And I like what it stands for. And um, it's a symbol. And it looks uh, it looks pretty good. So I got a tattoo of that roughly in the area I want to get it. And I'm really happy with it. So that's pretty fantastic. And then the other one's like a, a wolf. Um, on like a mountain with some trees and shit. That one I just put on. Um, and it's darkening right now. But I can already tell that I fucked that one up. Because um, like the top of it didn't get... Um, as like much of an intense exposure as the rest of it. So it's going to look kind of spot, uh, splotchy, but I think, um, the, the service is excellent for testing locations on, on your, on your person when, uh, you know, to determine where you want a tattoo to be. Um, it's a relatively inexpensive service. It's like 20 bucks for a tattoo that lasts anywhere between like two to four weeks depending on how big the tattoo is, how long you kept the sticker on the place on your body. Um, all those things, you know, if it's a high visibility wash zone, for example, like I have both tattoos basically on my, the front side of my body. Um, one's on my chest and one's like on my ribs. Um, those will not last very long because they are, they're actively scrubbed several times, um, over the course of, of, of weeks (laughs) and they'll just fade faster because of that process. Um, but I, I, think, I think it's really good if you are curious about tattoos uh, and you want to play with, like, designs uh, and locations. I don't think you can play with colors. I think it's kind of that one color fits all. Basically, it comes light blue, fades to dark blue to black, um, depending on how long you keep it on. And then it fades away over time and eventually disappears. Um, so I, I, I do enjoy it for for its uh, researchative purposes yeah um there are other services out there that do this um i just use inkbox because one they have just an absolute metric fucking shit ton of designs including like things that i'm relatively certain are like borderline copyright infringement like you can get the triforce or the the sign of the deathly hollows from harry potter like you get that shit the avatar of the last airbender like elemental symbols which I actually really liked, and I thought about getting that one too. Um, and there's something there's something fun about of getting a tattoo, having the 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 joy of the tattoo on like a temporary basis. You know what I mean? And like because of how inexpensive it is, you could theoretically get the same temporary tattoo for like you know, let's say it lasts a month. Um, you could do that for like a year... No, not a year. Well, maybe a year, actually. You could do it for like a year before it became more expensive than actually getting the tattoo. So, you know, you could could test drive a tattoo for a while in order to see if you actually really like it. Um, and I think I do. I think I really do like the tattoo. I know I want it to be bigger than it currently is. It's like two inches across, which is, um, not very large. Um, I'd want it to not encompass the entire... Uh, pack but be a, a larger portion of it I'm thinking like three or four inches um, in diameter will be will be plenty so who knows but I, I am a fan of it and I think it's I think it's good so yeah I just wanted to mention that's a that's a thing you can do you can get a temporary tattoo for like 20 bucks um I think if you spend over 35 dollars it's free shipping again I'm not sponsored I don't really know why it's coming off as an ad I'm just saying that's like you know getting two tattoos could be more uh, fiscally, um, responsible. Depends on you and your budget and, um, what you're really looking for. And I think there's an option to design your own. You can also get like a bottle of ink and like freehand your own designs on yourself, which I thought was pretty cool for those who are more artistic. Um, I know I would just end up doing like a stick figure on my hand, like an idiot. So that's, that's a dangerous power. Uh, I don't need it. But if you want to do like henna tattoos with this stuff, you can um it's pretty neat and i think there's a way you can design a tattoo and they'll send it to you again i don't know i haven't confirmed this but i recall this from the last time i used inkbox um and i will say that their new methodology of doing it is way easier and you basically you clean your zone you put the sticker on an hour later you take it off you're done it's it's like no fuss no muss couldn't be simpler um so yeah good stuff there let's move on to the next thing in pocket I've used this phrase a couple of times Um, there is this concept I have of the Sunday afternoon tv show and it is a show that is designed to relax you it's a show that is designed to make you happy it's a show that is very low stakes those sorts of shows the show where you you have the blanket over your over your legs and you do all that stuff um, and I wanted to briefly mention a show that I'm pretty confident I haven't talked about yet on the podcast and that is the big flower fight on Netflix. It is the great British baking show but with flower and garden sculpting and on paper um, you may you may balk at such a show. oh my god my computer's making noises at me. Um, but I would encourage you to give it a shot much like how I mean a show about people baking on paper does not sound particularly interesting. The point of it is that it is a very relaxing show and I I it's the first time in living memory where I got to the finale of the show and I was honestly happy if any of those teams won. They were all wonderful. I learned a lot about plants. I learned a lot about different kinds of plants. Um, and I learned a lot about a world I was not previously aware of, which is like this world of horror culture and competition, flower sculpting. Um, I think the show is excellent. Some of the things they create are astounding in their chosen medium. It's truly wonderful, so I would, I would highly recommend you you give that a shot. The current show I'm watching right now, I'm a little skeptical about. I'm curious to see where it goes but it's called Wind the Wilderness. Win the Wilderness is what it's called. Uh, six couples from England are flown out to Alaska to talk to these, uh, to talk to this couple called the Oseys. Um And the, uh, what they did is they basically hiked out into the woods like 57 miles from the nearest town and built a house. And now they're, they're kind of ready to move on to the next chapter of their lives and they need a couple to take over the house. So through a series of survival competition and trials and stuff like that um they are judged on how well they function as a couple and how well they would maintain to live in a house in the wilderness that is pretty separate you can only get there by bush plane like we're talking super remote so i'm only one episode into that so i'm curious to see how it shakes out but the big flower flight big flower flight yeah sure big flower fight is a is truly wonderful and uh, made me cry several times because of just how wonderful those people are. So, highly recommend that show. But that's enough about me, Dillian, and Dillion and, Dally, and Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. We are on the doorstep of finishing this book, chapter of Roman uh, numeral 16, The Return Home. By two bells that morning, they were all starting their stumps. Uh, for there was a big sea running and Tootles the bosun was among them with a rope's end in his hand and chewing tobacco they'd all donned pirates clothes cut off at the knee shaved smartly and tumbled up with the true nautical role in hitching their trousers it need not be said who was the captain Nibs and John were first and second mate there was a woman aboard the rest were tars before the mast and lived in the fiskl lived in the fiskl so it's F-O apostrophe C apostrophe S-L-E fossily Fuscally. I do know. Peter had already lashed himself to the wheel, but he piped all hands and delivered a short address to them, said he hoped they would do their duty like gallant hotties, but that he knew, page 233, that they were the scum of the Rio and the Gold Coast, and if they snapped at him, he would tear them. His bluff strident words struck the note sailors understand, and they cheered him lustily. Then a few sharp orders were given, and they turned the ship round and nosed her for the mainland. Captain Pan calculated after consulting the ship's chart that if this weather lasted, they should strike the Azores about the 21st of June, after which they would save time to fly. Some of them wanted to be an honest ship, and others were in favor of keeping it a pirate, but the captain treated them as dogs, and they dared not express their wishes to him, even in a round robin. Instant obedience was the only safe thing. Slightly got a dozen for looking perplexed when he went told to take soundings. The general feeling was that Peter was honest, uh, just now to lull Wendy's suspicions, but that there might be a change when the new suit was ready, which, against her will, she was making for him out of some of Hook's wickedest garments. It was afterwards whispered among them that on the first night he wore the suit, he sat, in the, uh, sat long in the cabin with Hook's cigar holder in his mouth, page 234, and one hand clenched all but the forefinger, which he bent and held threatening aloft, like a hook. Instead of watching the ship, however, we now must return to the desolate home from which our three characters have uh, had taken heartless flight so long ago. It seems a shame to have neglected number 14 all this time, yet we may be sure that Mrs. Darling does not blame us. If we had returned sooner to look with sorrowful sympathy at her, she probably would have cried, Don't be silly. What do I matter? Do go back and keep an eye on the children. So long as mothers are like that, their children will take advantage of them. And they may lay to that. And you may lay to that, Sonny Jim. Oh, Jim, Jim boy. Yeah. My that, Fucking Hawkins. Even now we venture into that familiar nursery only because it's lawful occupants are on the way home. We are merely hurrying on in advance of them to see that their beds are properly arrayed and that Mr. and Missus Darling do not go out for the evening. We are no more than servants. Um, yeah. Why on earth should their beds be properly aired? Uh, seeing that they left them in such a thankless hurry. Would it? Page 235, not serve them jolly well right. They came back and found that their parents were spending the weekend in the country. It would have been a moral lesson if they had been, um, if they ever, if have been in need. Nope. Hold on. Starting again. It would be the moral lesson they have been in need of ever since we met them. But if we contrive things in this way, Mister Darling would never forgive us. One thing I should like to do immensely... And that is to tell her, in the way authors have, that the children are coming back. That indeed, they will be here on Thursday week. This would spoil so completely the surprise to which Wendy, John, and Michael are looking forward. They'd been planning it, um, planning out on the ship... Mother's rapture, father's of joy, Nana's leap in the air to embrace them first, when what they ought to be preparing for is a good hiding, how delicious to spoil it all by breaking the news in advance, so that when they enter grandly in Mrs. Darling, um, enter grandly, Mrs. Darling may not even offer Wendy her mouth, and Mr. Darling may exclaim pettishly, Dash it all, here are those boys again! How uh, we should get no thanks even for this. We're beginning to know Mrs. Darling by this time, and may be sure that she, page 236, would abrade us for depriving the children of their little pleasure. But my dear madam, it is 10 days till Thursday week, so that by telling you what's what, you can save your 10 days of unhappiness. Yes, but at what cost? By depriving the children of 10 minutes of delight. Oh, if you look at it, um, oh, if you look at it in that way, what other way is there to look at it? You see, the woman had no proper spirit. I had meant to say extraordinarily nice things about her, but I despise her. And now one of them will I say now. She does not really need to be told to have things ready, for they are ready. All beds are aired. She never leaves the house and observed. The window is open. For all the use we are to her, we might go back to the ship. However, as we are here, we may as well stay and look on. That is all we are. Lookers on. Nobody really wants us. So let us watch and say jaggy things in the hope that some of them will hurt. so there's kind of a dick. <laughs> the only change to be seen in the page two thirty-seven night nursery is that between nine and six the kennel is no longer there. When the children flew away, Mr. Darling felt Mr. Darling felt in his bones that all the blame was for his having chained up Nana, and from the first to the last she um, had been wiser than he of course as we have seen he is quite a simple man indeed he may have passed for a boy again if he had just been able to take his baldness off but he also had the noble sense of justice and a lion's courage to do what seemed right to him and ha- um and having thought the matter out with anxious care after the flight of the children he went down on all fours and crawled into the kennel to all mrs darling's dear invitations to him uh him to come out he replied sadly but family nope nope uh my own one this place is for me the bit- in the bitterness of his remorse, he swore that he would never leave the kennel until his children came back. Of course, this was the pity, uh, but whatever Mr. Darling did, he had to do in excess, otherwise he soon gave up doing it. And there was never a more humble man than the once proud George Darling, as he sat in the kennel of an evening talking with his wife of their children in all their pretty ways. Page 238. Very touching was his defense to Nana. He would not let her come into the kennel, but on all other matters, he followed her wishes implicitly. Every morning, the kennel was carried uh, with Mrs. Mr. Darling into the cab. Uh, which conveyed him to his office, and he returned home in the same way at 6. Something of the strength of his character of the man will be seen, uh, if we remember how sensitive he was to the opinions of his neighbors. The man whose every moment now attracted surprised attention. Inwardly, he must have suffered torture, but he preserved a calm exterior even when the young criticized his little home, and he always lifted his hat courteously to any lady who looked inside. It may have been uh, quixotic, sure, but it was magnificent. Soon the inward meaning of it leaked out, and the great heart of the public was touched. Crowds followed the cab, cheering it lustily. Stop cheering things lustily. Charming girls scaled it to get his autograph. Interviews appeared to uh, appeared in the better class of papers, and society invited him to dinners and added, "Do come in the kennel." On that eventful Thursday week, Mrs. Darling, page 239, was in the night nursery awaiting George's return home. A very sad-eyed woman. Now that we look at her closely and remember the gaiety of her in the old days, all gone now, just uh, because she had lost her babes. I find I won't be able to say nasty things about her after all. She was too fond of her rubbishy children. <laughs> if she was too fond of her rubbishy children, she couldn't help it. Look at her in the chair where she had fallen asleep. The corner of her mouth where one looks first is almost withered up. Her hands move restlessly on her breast as if she had a pain there. Some like Peter best and some like Wendy best, but I like her best. Suppose to make her happy, we whisper to her in her sleep that the brats are coming back. That they're really within two miles of her window now, flying strong, and all we need to do is whisper that they're on their way. Let's. It's pity we did it, for she has started up, calling their names, and there is no one in the room. Banana, oh, Nana, I dreamed my dears had come back. Nana had filmy eyes. All all she could do was to put her paws gently on her mistress's lap. And page forty, they were sitting together thus when the kennel was brought back. As Mister Darling put his head out to kiss his wife, we see that his face is more worn than of yore, but has a softer expression. He gave his hat to Liza, who s- took it scornfully. For she had no imagination and was quite incapable of understanding the motives of such a man. Outside, the crowd who had accompanied the cab home were still cheering, but he was uh, naturally not in a mood. Listen to them, he said. It's very gratifying. Lots of little boys, sneered Liza. You shut the fuck up. No. Um, there were several adults today, he assured her with a faint flush. When she tossed, him, when she tossed her head, he had not a word of reproof for her. Social success had not spoiled him; it made him sweeter. For some time he had a half uh, sat a half out of the kennel, talking with Missus Darling of the success, pressing her hand reassuringly when she said she hoped his head would not be turned by. It. But if I had been a weak man, he said, "Good heavens! If I had been a weak man." Two forty-one. And George," she said timidly, "you are as full of remorse as ever, aren't you? Full of remorse as ever, dearest. See my punishment, living in a kennel. But is it punishment, George?" Uh, but it is punishment, isn't it, George? You sure you're not enjoying it? My love. You may uh, be sure, she begged his pardon, and then feeling drowsy, he curled up round in the kennel. How big is this fucking kennel? Or how small is he? I don't know. Would you let me play... Would you play me to sleep? He asked. On the nursery piano. And as she was crossing the day nursery, he added thoughtlessly, Shut that window. I feel a draft. Uh, George, never ask me to do that. The window must always be left open for them. Always. Always. That was his turn to beg pardon. And she went to the day nursery and played, and soon he was asleep. And while he slept, Wendy, John, and Michael flew into the room. Oh, no. We have written so because uh, that was the charming arrangement planned for them before we left the ship. But something must, 242, have happened since then. For it is not they who have flown in, but it is Peter and Tinkerbell. Peter's first worlds. Quick, Tink, he whispered. Close the window. Bar it. That's right. Now you and I must get away by that door. And when Wendy comes, she'll think her mother is barred out. And she'll have to go back with me. God. Damn, Peter is a fucking monster, isn't he? Jesus Christ! Fuck you, Peter. Now I understand what had hitherto puzzled me. Why, when Peter had exterminated the pirates, he did not return to the island and leave Tink to escort the children to the mainland. This trick had been in his head all the time. Instead of feeling it uh, that he was behaving badly, he danced with glee. Then he peeped into the day nursery to see who was playing. He whispered to Tink, "It's Wendy's mother." She's a pretty lady, and not so pretty as my mother. Her mouth is full of thimbles, but not as full as my mother's was. Of course, he knew nothing about his own mother, and he sometimes bragged about her. He did not know the tune, which was Home Sweet Home, but he uh, knew it was saying, Come back, Wendy, 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 and he cried exultantly, You will never see Wendy again, lady, for the window is barred. He peeped in again to see why the music had stopped, now he saw Mrs. Darling had laid her head on the box and saw two tears were sitting in her eyes. She wants me to unbar the window, thought Peter. But I won't, not I. He peeped again, and the tears were still there. Or another two had taken their place. She's awfully fond of Wendy, he said to himself. He was angry with her now for not seeing why she could not have Wendy. The reason was so simple. I'm fond of her, too. We can't both have a lady. But the lady would not make the best of it, and he was unhappy. He ceased to look at her, but even then she would not let go of him. He skipped about and made funny faces, but when it stopped, it was just as if she was inside him knocking. Oh, all right. He said at last and gulped. Then he unbarred the window. Come on. Page 244, Tink, he cried, and with a frightful sneer at the laws of nature, we don't want any silly mothers, and he flew away. Thus, Wendy, John, and Michael found the window open for them all, which, of course, was more than they deserved. They alighted on the floor, quite unashamed of themselves, and the youngest one had already forgotten his own. John, he said, looking around doubtfully, I think I've been here before. Of course you have, you silly, this is your old bed. So it is, Michael said, not with much conviction. I say, cried John, the kennel, and he dashed across to look at it. Perhaps Nana is inside it, said Wendy. But John whistled, Hello, he said, there's a man inside of it. It's father exclaimed Wendy let me see father Michael uh, begged eagerly and looked uh, into it it's not so big as the pirate I killed he said with such frank disappointment that I'm glad Mr. Darling was page 245 asleep it would have been sad if those had been the first words he heard little Michael say Wendy and John had been taken aback somewhat by finding their father in the kennel surely John said like the one who had lost his uh, faith in his memory he used to not sleep in the kennel John Wendy said falteringly perhaps we don't remember the old wife as well as we thought we did a chill fell upon them and serves them right "'Very careless of mother,' said the young scoundrel John. "'Not to be here when we come back.' "'It was then that Mrs. Darley began playing again. "'It's mother!' cried Wendy, peeping. "'So it is!' cried John. "'Um... "'Then you're not really our mother, Wendy?' asked Michael, who was surely asleep. "'Oh, dear!' exclaimed Wendy, in the first w- real twinge of remorse. "'It was quite time uh, It was quite time we came back. Uh, "'Let us creep in,' John suggested. "'Put our hands over her eyes.' "'Page 246.' "'But Wendy, who saw that they must break the joyous news more gently, had a better plan.' Let us slip into our beds. And when she comes in, it will be just as we had never been away. And so when Mrs. Darling went back to the night nursery, what the fuck is the point of the day nursery versus the night nursery? Why wouldn't you just have one nursery with like some fucking curtains in it? You have that extra room as a guest room. But no, you have a day nursery and a night nursery. Children go from one side of the hall to the other. Every 12 hours, like clockwork. Anyway. And so, when Mrs. Darling went back into the night nursery to see if her husband was asleep, all beds were occupied. The children waited for her cry of joy, but it did not come. She saw them, but she did not believe they were there. You see, she saw them in their beds often, uh, so often in her rooms that she thought this was just a dream hanging around uh, her still. She sat down in the chair by the fire where in the old days she had nursed them. They cannot understand this, a cold fear fell upon all three of them. "'Mother!' Wendy cried. "'That's Wendy,' she said, but she was sure it was still a dream. "'Mother! That's John!' she said." "'Mother!' cried Michael. Uh, "'He knew her now. "'That's Michael,' she said. she stretched page out her arms "'for the three little selfish children "'that were never enveloping it. "'Yet they did. "'They went around Wendy and John and Michael It slipped out of bed and ran to her. "'George! George!' she cried when she spoke. "'Mr. Darling woke to share her bliss "'and Nana came rushing in. "'They could not have been a lovelier sight, "'but there was none to see it "'except a strange boy "'who had been staring in at the window. "'He had ecstasies innumerable "'that other children can never know, "'but he was looking through the window "'at the one joy.' from which he must be forever barred. I will not feel sympathy for Peter Pan. Peter Pan is a fucking monster and needs to needs to stop. You gotta you gotta stop your nonsense, Pete, because it's fucking creepy and I don't like it. I think this might be the last chapter. Chapter seventeen, When Wendy grew up. I'm guessing it's the last chapter based on how fucking close I am to the end of the book, but let's find out. Perhaps I will be mistaken. I hope you want to know what became of the other boys. They were waiting below to give Wendy time to explain about them, and when they had uh, counted 500, they went... Uh, they went up. They went up by stair because they thought this would make a better impression. They stood in a row in front of Mrs. Darling with their hats off, wishing uh, they were not wearing their pirate clothes. They said nothing, but their eyes asked her to for uh, to have them. They ought to have looked at Mr. Darling also, but they forgot about him. Of course, Mrs. Darling said at once that she would have them, but Mr. Darling was curiously depressed, and he saw that he considered six a rather not large number. I must say, he said to Wendy, that you don't do things by halves. a Grudging mark which the twins uh, thought was pointed at them. The first one was the proud one, and he asked, flushing, "Do you think we should be too much of a handful, sir? Because if so, we can go away." Father, Wendy cried, shocked. But still the cloud was on him. He knew he was behaving unworthily, but he could not help it. "We could lie double up," said Nibs. "I can always cut the ha- I can always cut their hair myself," said Wendy. "George, Miss Darling," exclaimed, pained to see her dear one showing himself in such an unfavorable light. Then he burst into tears and the truth came out. He was as glad to have them as she was, he said, but he thought they should have asked his consent as well as hers instead of treating him as a cipher in his own house. I don't think he's a cipher, Toodles cried instantly. Do you think he's a cipher, Curly? Uh, Page 250. No, I don't. Do you think he's a cipher, Slightly? Rather not. Twins, what do you think? It turned out that not one of them thought he was a cipher and he was absurdly gratified and said that he would find space for them all in the drawing room if they fit in. We'll fit in, sir, they assured him. Then follow the the leader, he cried gaily. Mind you, I am not sure that we have a drawing room, but let's pretend we have, and it's all the same. Hoopla! He went off dancing through the house, and they all cried, Hoopla! And danced after him, searching for the drawing room, and I forget whether they found it. But at any rate, they found corners, and they all fit in. That's actually what it said. That's what the book said. I'm I'm just quoting it. It does a lot of its own commentary. Not much for me to do, really, for this book. As for Peter, he saw Wendy once again before he flew away. He did not exactly come to the window, but he brushed against it in passing so that she could open it if she liked and call to him. And that's what she did. Hello, Wendy. Goodbye. He said. Oh dear, are you going away? Yep. You don't feel, Peter, she said faltering, that you would like anything to say to my parents about a very sweet subject? Nope. About me, Peter? No. Mr. Darling came to the window, for at present she was keeping a sharp eye on Wendy. She told Peter that she had adopted all the other boys and would like to adopt him also. Would you send me to school, he inquired craftily. Yes. And then to an office. I suppose so. So soon I should be a man? Very soon. I don't want to go to school and learn solemn things, he told her passionately. I don't want to be a man. Oh, Wendy's mother, if I was to wake up and feel there was a beard. Peter, said Wendy, the comforter. "'I am Con the Destroyer.' "'Well, I am Wendy, the Comforter.' "'Oh, my God, you're so soft!' <laughs> "'I should love you in a beard.' And "'Mrs. Darling stretched out her arms to him, but he repulsed her. "'Keep back, lady. "'No one is going to catch me and make me a man. "'Not that Donny Osmond song, not nothing. "'But where are you going to live?' "'With Tink in the house we built for Wendy. "'The fairies ought to put it high up among the treetops where they sleep at night.' "'How lovely,' Wendy cried so longingly that Mrs. Darling tightened her grip. And all the fairies were dead," said Mrs. Darling. "There's um, there are always a lot of young ones. Uh, There's always a lot of young ones," explained Wendy, who is now quite an authority. Because you see, when a new baby lasts for the first time, a new fairy is born, and there are always new babies. Uh, um, and as there are always new babies, there are always new fairies. They live in nests at the tops of trees, and the mauve ones are the boys, and the white ones are the girls, and the blue ones are just the little sillies who are not sure what they are. Hmm, that's not that's not so fucking politically correct nowadays. J.M. Barry I'm pretty sure is the author's name but then again this was written uh, oh god about 109 years ago so times have changed significantly so I shall have all the fun said Peter with one eye on Wendy it will be rather lonely in the evening she said sitting by the fire I shall have Tink Tink can't go a 20th part of the way around she reminded him a little tartly sneaky, ta- sneaky tattletale Tink called for out from somewhere around the corner "'It doesn't matter,' Peter said. "'Oh, Peter, you know it matters. "'Well, then come with me to my little house. "'May I, Mummy? Certainly not. "'I've got you home again. I mean to keep you. "'But he does so need a mother. So do you, my love.' "'Oh, all right,' Peter said, as if he had asked uh, her from politeness uh, merely. "'But Mrs. Darling saw his mouth twitch, and she made this handsome offer "'to let Wendy go with him for a week every year to do his spring cleaning. "'Wendy would have preferred a more permanent arrangement.' Uh it seemed to her that spring would be a long time in coming. But this promise set Peter uh, away quite gay again. He had no sense of time, and so was full of adventures, um and was so full of adventures that all I have told you about him is only a haypenny worth of them. Suppose it was because Wendy knew Page two fifty four that uh this that her last words trim were rather plaintive ones. You won't forget me, Peter, will you? Before spring cleaning time comes. Of course Peter promised, and then he flew away. He took Mrs. Darling's kiss with him. The kiss that had been for no one else, Peter, took quite easily. Funny. But she seemed satisfied. Of course, all the boys went to school. Most of them got into class three. But Slightly was, the, uh, was put first into class four and then into class five. Class one is the top class. Before they had attended uh, school a week, they saw what goats they had been not... They saw what goats they... What goats they had been not to remain on the island. But it was too late now soon they settled down to be as ordinary as you me or jenkins minor it is sad to have uh to say it, that the power of flight gradually left them first nan tied their feet to the bedpost so they should not fly away in the night and one of their diversions by day was to pretend to fall off buses but by the by they ceased to tug at their bonds to the bed and found that they could hurt themselves when they let go of the bus in page 255 time they could not even fly after their hats want of practice they called it but what it really meant was they no longer believed Fuck me, that's depressing as hell. Michael believed longer than the other boys, though they jeered at him. So he was with Wendy when Peter came for her at the uh, end of the first year. She flew away with Peter um, in a frock uh, she had woven from leaves and berries in Neverland, and her one fear was that he might notice how short it had become. But he never noticed. He had so much to say about himself. She had looked forward to the thrilling talks with him about old times, but new adventures had crowded the old ones from his mind. Who, who is Captain Hook? He asked with interest when she spoke of his arch enemy. Don't you remember, she asked Amaze, how you killed him and saved all our lives? I forgot them after I killed them, he replied carelessly. When she expressed a doubtful hope that Tinkerbell would be glad to see her, he said, "Who was Tinkerbell? Holy fuck. Oh, Peter, she said, surprised. But even when she explained, he could not remember. There are such a lot of them, he said. I, I expect she is no more. I expect he was right, for fairies don't live long. But they are so little in a short time, uh, it seems a good while for them fuck this is depressing I'm legitimately bummed out like Peter's a monster but to, to live forever at the sacrifice of never remembering anything like each year you kind of reset I guess you never mourn but what's the point of any of it you don't remember Tinkerbell you don't remember Tinkerbell Tinkerbell's dead holy fuck anyway um let's i hope this gets happier because right now i'm sad as hell when he was pained too to find that the past year was but a is was but as yesterday to peter it had seemed such a long year of waiting for her, but he was exactly as fascinating as ever and they had a lovely spring cleaning in the little house at the treetops. next year he did not come for her she waited on in a new frog because the old one simply would not meet but he never came perhaps he's ill michael said you know he's never ill Michael came closely to her and whispered with a shiver, Perhaps there's no such person, Wendy. And then Wendy would have cried if Michael had not been crying. Peter came next spring cleaning. The strange thing was that he never knew he had missed a year. That was the last time the girl Wendy ever saw him. For a little longer she tried for his sake not to have growing pains. She felt as if she was untrue to him when she got the prize for general knowledge. But years came and went without bringing the careless boy... And when they met again, Wendy was a married woman. Peter was no more to her than a little dust in the box she had kept with her toys. Wendy was grown up. You need not be sorry for her. She was the one of the kind that likes to grow up. In the end she grew up of her own free will with a day quicker than the other girls. All the boys were grown up and done for by this time, so it is scarcely worthwhile to say anything more about them. You may see the twins and nibs and curly any day going to an office, each carrying a little bag and an umbrella. Michael is an engine driver. Slightly married a lady of title, and so he became a lord. See that judge in the wig coming out of the underworld? That used to be Tootles, the bearded man who doesn't know any story to tell his children. That was once John, the bearded man who doesn't know any story to tell his children. Was once John. The this this is the saddest fucking ending to this book. I am so glad the story got Disneyfied, because like, so many classic fairy tales end with like characters being brutally murdered. But this, this book ends... Or it's ending right now, I guess. With just the sad reality of growing up and forgetting your childlike wonder and, whiz- and whimsy. Bearded man who doesn't know any story to tell his children was once John. Fucking Christ. Wendy was married in white and with a pink sash. It was strange to think that Peter did not alight in the church and forbid the bands. Years rolled on again and Wendy had a daughter. This ought not to be written in ink, but in a gold splash. She was called Jane and always had an odd inquiring look, as if from the moment she arrived on the mainland, she wanted to ask questions. When she was old enough to ask them, they were mostly about Peter Pan. She loved to hear of Peter, and Wendy told her all she could remember in the very nursery from which the famous flight had taken place. It was Jane's nursery now, for her father had bought it at 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 the three percents. From Wendy's father, who was no longer fond of stairs, Missus Darling was now dead and forgotten. Well, fucking Christ! Thanks for dropping that bombshell on me, you asshole. There were only two beds in the nursery now—Jane's and her nurse's—and there were no kennel for Nana had also passed away. Fucking goddamn it! She died of old age, and at the end, she had been rather difficult to get uh, to get on with, being fairly firmly convinced that no one knew how to look after children except herself. Once a week, Jane's nurse had her evening off. And then it was Wendy's part to put June to bed. That was the time for stories. It was Jane's invention to raise the sheets over her mother's head in her own, thus making a tent, and in the awful darkness to whisper. What do we see now? I don't think I see anything tonight, said Wendy, for the feeling that if Nana were here, she would object to further conversation. Yes, you do, said Jane. You see, uh, uh when you were a little girl. That was a long time ago, sweetheart, said Wendy. Ah I me mean, how time flies. It doesn't fly. Asked the artful child. The way you flew when you were a little girl. The way I flew. Do you know, James? I sometimes wonder whether I ever really did fly. Yes, you did. The dear old days when I could fly. Why can't you fly now, mother? Because I'm grown up, dearest. When people grow up, they forget the way. Why do they forget the way? Because they are no longer gay and innocent. Page 260. And, heart- um, and heartless. It is only the gay and innocent and heartless who can fly. What is gay, innocent, and heartless? I do wish I was gay, innocent, and heartless. What? If we- Stop it. Perhaps Wendy admits that she does. She's something. I do believe she says, that it is in um that it is this nursery. I do believe it is said. Jane, go on. They are now embarked on the great adventure of the night. When Peter flew in looking for his shadow, the foolish fellow Wendy said, tried to stick it on with soap when he could not. He cried and that woke me and I sewed it on him. You have missed a bit. Interrupts Jane, who now knows the story better uh, than her mother. When you saw him sitting on the floor and crying, what did you say? I said I've been. Uh, bed and said boy why are you crying yes that was it said Jane with a big breath and then he flew us all away to Neverland and the fairies and the pirates and the indigenous peoples and the mermaid lagoon and the home under the ground and the little house yes which did you like best of all I think I liked the home underground best of all Yes, yeah, so did I what was the last thing Peter ever said to you the last thing he ever said to me was just always be waiting for me and then some night you will hear me crowing yes but alas he forgot all about me Wendy said it was smile. she was as grown up as that what did this crow sound like? Jane asked one evening. It was like this, said Wendy, trying to imitate Peter's crow. No, it wasn't, Jane said gravely. It was like this, and she did it ever so much better than, than her mother. Wendy was a little start- startled. My darling, how can you know? I often hear it when I'm sleeping, Jane said. Page 262. Ah, uh, yes, many girls hear it when they're sleeping, but I was the only one who heard it awake. Lucky you, said Jane. And then one night came the tragedy. Fucking how many other tragedies are you going to pile on me, you fucking brook? It was the spring of the year, and the story had been told for the night, and Jane was now sleeping in bed. Wendy was sitting on the floor very close to the fire so as to see so as to see to darn, for there's no other light in the nursery, and while she sat darning she heard a crow. Then the window blew open, as of old, and Peter dropped on the floor. He was exactly the same as ever, and Wendy saw once that he still had all his first teeth. Fucking gross. He was a little boy, and she was grown up. She huddled by the fire, not daring to move, helpless and guilty. A big woman. "Hello, Wendy," he said, not noticing any difference, for he was thinking chiefly of himself. And in that dim light, her white dress might have been the nightgown in which he had first seen her. In. "Hello, Peter," she replied, faintly squeezing herself as small as possible. Something inside her was crying. "Woman, woman, let go of me!" "Hello, is John?" he asked, suddenly missing the third bed. "John is not here now," she gasped. "Is Michael asleep?" he asked, with a careless glance at Jane. "Yes," she answered. Now she felt that it was uh, that she was untrue to Jane as well as to Peter. That isn't that is not Michael," she said quickly, lest a judgment should fall on her. Peter looked. Hello, is it a new one? Yes. Boy or girl? Girl. Now surely he would understand, but not a bit of it. Peter," she said falteringly, "Are you expecting me to fly away with you? Of course, that's why I've come." He added a little sternly, "Have you forgotten that it's spring cleaning time?" She knew it was useless to say that he had let many spring cleaning time pass. Page two sixty-four. "'I can't come,' she uh, said apologetically. "'I'd forgotten how to fly. I'll soon teach you again. "'Oh, Peter, don't waste the fairy dust on me.' "'She had risen, and now at last a fear assailed him. "'What is it?' he cried, shrinking. "'I will turn up the light,' she said. "'Then you can see for yourself.' "'For almost the only time in his life that I know of, Peter was afraid.' "'Don't turn up the light,' he cried. "'She let her hands play in the hair of the tragic boy. "'She was not the little girl heartbroken about him. "'She was a grown woman smiling at it all. "'But they were wet smiles.' Then she turned out the light and Peter saw. He gave a cry of pain. When the tall, beautiful creature stooped to lift him in his arms, he drew back sharply. What is it? He cried again. She had to tell him. I am old, Peter. I am ever so much more than twenty. I grew up long ago. Um, page 265. You promised not to. I couldn't help it. I'm a married woman, Peter. No, you're not. Yes. And the little girl in my bed is my baby. No, she's not. But he supposed she was. And he took a step towards the sleeping child with his dagger upraised Of course he did not strike. He sat down on the floor instead and sobbed. And Wendy did not know how to comfort him. Though she could have done it easily, um, so easily once. She was only a woman now. And she ran out of room to try and think. Peter continued to cry. And as soon as sobs woke Jane, she sat him in bed and was interested once. And now there's an etching of Peter and, his, and there's a child and an adult Wendy. And it says Peter and Jane on it. Boy, she said, why are you crying? Peter rose and bowed to her, and she bowed to him from the bed. Hello, he said. Hi, said Jane. My name is Peter Pan, he told her. Yes, I know, page 266. I came back for my mother, he explained, to take her to the Neverland. Yes, I know, Jane said. I've been waiting for you. When Wendy returned diffidently, she found Peter sitting on the bedpost, crowing gloriously while Jane and her was flying around the room in solemn ecstasy. She is my mother, Peter explained. Jane descended and stood by his side with a look on her face he liked uh, to see on ladies when they gazed at him. "'He does so need mother,' Jane said. "'Yes, I know,' said Wendy, uh, admitted rather forlornly. "'No one else knows it as well as I.'" "'Goodbye.'" "'Um... <laughs> do 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 do, do. Uh, "'Peter said to Wendy, and he rose into the air, "'and the shameless Jane rose with him. He was already, "'It was already her easiest way of moving about. "'Wendy rushed to the window. "'No, no!' she cried. "'It's just in time for spring... "'It's just for spring cleaning time,' Jane said. "'He wants me always to do a spring cleaning. "'If only I could go with you,' Wendy said." You see, you can't fly," Jane said. Of course, in the end, you, in the end, Wendy let them fly away together. Of course, in the end, Wendy let them fly away together. Our last glimpse of her shows her at the window, watching them recede into the sky until they were as small as stars. As you look at Wendy, you may see her hair becoming white and the f- her figure little again. For all this happened long ago. Jane is now a common grown-up with a daughter called Margaret. And every spring cleaning time, except for when he forgets. Peter comes for Margaret and takes her to Neverland where she tells him stories about himself to which he listens eagerly. When Margaret grows up, she will have a daughter who will be Peter's mother in turn and thus it goes on so long as children are gay, innocent, and heartless. The end. What the fuck? This book? No. No. This this eternal cycle of Peter taking people away to do spring cleaning of part of the Wendy line. Oh, oh, it sits it sits ill in my stomach. That was not a happy ending. That was that was awful. hmm First of all, Peter's like immortality at the cost of his own memories. Except for remembering to come get a child for spring cleaning. The fear of every mother as they watch their child fly away into the night. God knows if they're ever gonna come back. And then just the constant aging and dying. All those classic characters that we all love so fucking much are dead and gone. At the end of this book, fucking Christ. There was no sequel written for this. No, this, this book wrote itself into the ground with its eternal cycle of damned children and horrifying boy teeth. Fuck. God damn. This book was, I was right. In the very first chapter of this, I called this book a horror story. That is a horror story. That is absolute nightmare fuel. I am not a fan. Um, But I hope you were a fan of Peter and Wendy, written by J.M. Barry, you fucking monster, Um, as presented to you by audiobooks by Andrew. Uh, That concludes uh, Peter and Wendy. I'd say overall, I'm very glad that I will absolutely never in my life willingly read this book ever again. I'll see the movie. I'll see the movie. But I will never touch this book again. Absolutely not. This book's gonna. This book's gonna stick with me. And it's it's a it's weirdly irritating how quickly things kind of happened in it. I feel like this book took forever to read, but it, like things moved quickly. Hook just kind of fucking died, and that was it. And then there's like a couple of off sentences right there at the end. Nana's dead. Mister Darling dead. Mrs Darling dead. They're all dead. All the characters they were here for like 90% of the book, and right at the end they just all fucking died. And I'm just like Jesus Christ. Huh. so yeah. I will endeavor to make sure that the next fucking book we read has a happy ending. Because this was not. This was not a happy ending. Um, and that kind of goes against my whole aesthetic of uh of what we like to do. So, yeah. Here Wendy, done and done. Thank you very much for listening. Oh, Think that'll do it for this week's episode of the Going Upcast. I want to thank you all very much for listening to it. I'm sorry, Peter and Wendy, with such a colossally depressing ending. Um, I did not see that coming. I've never read the book before, so that was completely new to me. Uh, check out the the uh, the big flower fight on Netflix now. Not sponsored. Uh, if you want a temporary tattoo, use Inkbox and uh, get excited for the PlayStation Five. If that's something you get excited about. Um, the next episode of the Patreon Pokemon Nuzlocke is up now hopefully uh it will hopefully be up by the end of the day um and i hope you guys enjoy that and i will see you all throughout this week for eldest we are going to start a brand new book next week i have yet to decide i've got a couple of pretty good options but since i'm now committed to having the next book have a happy ending i've got to be a bit more choosy with um with where it goes i think i know what i'm going to do next um, cause it's a, it's a pretty classic story, but again, I will, I will let you guys know, uh, next week and it will be a surprise for everybody. And thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the weeks continue to stay safe. Another world is still exploded, but hopefully one day we will get back on a proper track. Keep wearing those masks. Keep washing those hands. And I'll see you all next time. Have a good one everyone.